pressure is fun, man. It makes you or breaks you, like the old saying goes. But uh, I think uh, it's going to, like I said, it's going to make you or break you, but it's also going to help you be resilient because at the end of the day, you still can go back, you know, and do better the next game. You can have all these life lessons and learn from it. I mean, still execute the next game. But uh, I think the real pressure um, is, you know, is waking up uh, people who have nine to fives or, you know, trying to make ends meet or on the rent or feed their kids, or, you know, a single parent. I think that's the real pressure. Uh, but I feel like, you know, playing sports is it's just fun. But it, it, there's no pressure, I don't feel like, because, like I said, you can either win or lose. And at the end of the day, you still, you know, you're still good. <laughs> yeah. The, the real pressure is like you know, having a nine to five, feeding your kids, you know, trying to make ends meet. I think that's the real pressure in life. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Forever Podcast, where we talk about things that are personal and things that are business because business is is personal. And uh, we got another banger for you. Um, absolutely incredible, incredible podcast uh, coming up. Um, I'm your host, Jamar Jones. I'm a founder of Forever Media. I'm also a national speaker and the author of the book, Change Your Circle, Change Your Life. And we're going to be diving into a little bit of that today. Um, super excited to, uh, to really have this conversation uh, with our guest today. Uh, he's an author, an entrepreneur, angel investor, uh, former 10-year NBA professional, um, and we got none other than C.J. Watson. What's going on, man? Doing good. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. I, I really um, I really love um, everything that you're doing now, even after uh, athlete life, um, it, which is incredible. Um, a lot of times, so I got a good friend of mine, uh, Jared Bush, and he uh, he played for the Green Bay Packers, um, and he was a champion as well. And and so he he um, he talks about like life after being an athlete because that's everything that you you are, um, right. and then all of a sudden you have to kind of reinvent yourself, right? <laughs> you yeah, gotta figure for sure. out like what's good. Um, so talk to talk to us a little bit about what you got going on in your life, man. Uh, just like you said, I'm an author, uh, children's author. I just wanted to inspire kids. I knew uh, I wasn't playing the NBA anymore, so I wanted to say, you know, how can I continue to tell my story, but at the same time still inspire kids and I. I said how how better to do that than to for kids to read books. So I just you know put told my stories through books and just inspiring kids to dream big, to to work hard, to be dedicated to to whatever they want to do in life, whether it's to be a teacher, entrepreneur, athlete, whatever the case may be. They got to be dedicated. They got to work hard, and they got to you know put the put the work in to to get the to get the results that they want. Yeah, for sure. And what what makes you so passionate about for the for the youth, man? Like like why? Like if you could have wrote a book about your life or right. something else, like why why kids? Uh, I was just I was one of those kids growing up in the inner skitty, you know, uh, not really any role models, any professional athletes to look up to because um, that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a basketball player, but I didn't really have that guidance. So I just wanted to give them the, that positive outlet to be able to to talk to me, to to reach out, to to be able to see representation. Cause I think that's the biggest thing. Representation matters. And uh, what better way to, you know, to let kids know that you can do it, you can be successful uh, just the same way I did and be even better than I than I was. Yeah. Yeah. For, and so what uh, can you give us a little like a, a quick story on like some of the impact that your your books have had uh, for the youth? I'm, I'm sure that you've got something <laughs> yeah, uh, that you can share with us. 
I think for me, just to get in the biggest joy is just seeing the smiles on the kids' faces. Uh, today, this morning, I did a book reading and uh, to some kindergarten classes, and uh, they just, you know, were super excited about the story. We're very in tune, uh, you know, resonated with the story. You know, uh, I talk about my upbringing in the inner city in the book, and then for me, going to living in the inner city, then going to a private school, and the, those two different dynamics. So um, I think they really resonate with that because the, the school is in the inner city also. So like I said, it's just uh, just being an example for the kids and just being a positive role model for them. Yeah, man. I mean, how how is that how is that pressure, man, to be a good role model? So I I mean, like in my life, I, you know, people are looking up to me now, but back right. then they shouldn't have <laughs> looked up to me at all. Right. Um, so like, how is that pressure, man, to to constantly deliver and be that role model? Uh, it's no pressure at all. I mean, you just got to be yourself. I feel like uh, we're all role models in some kind of way. Uh, obviously, we're all going to make mistakes, but the biggest thing is just learning from them, um, you know, not making the same mistake twice. Um, and that's the same thing, you know, I tell my kids is uh, no one in this world is perfect, but just be you, be the best you, you can be each and every day. And that's all I can ask from you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I, I feel like for, my, for myself, I uh, once I started to really just be myself authentically, that's when everything actually started to move for me. The moment right. I just was starting to be like other people, oh, this is successful for them. So I'm going to try to lean over there. I'm going to try to do this. That's right. where it was very painful. <laughs> and it wasn't really working. Um, but now, you know, things are things are clicking when you're when you're just yourself. So that's a super, super important message. Um, let, talk talk to me a little bit about what you're doing in the nonprofit space. Um, like you got a lot of a lot of things spinning right now. <laughs> so talk to me about what yeah, you got I'm going all over on the nonprofit place. space. Uh, yeah, so like I said, uh, um, me and my family started this nonprofit uh, 2009, my, probably my first year in the league. And uh, like I said, we just wanted to give kids uh, different access, give them different uh, different avenues to be able to achieve success. We help kids build resumes. Uh, we put in a free basketball camp every year. Uh, we do an out-of-school program for kids. Uh, and we also have a Black History Essay Contest. Uh, then we have a luncheon for the kids. So for the essay contest, uh, it was big for me because before I played in the NBA game, I've never been to an NBA game. And uh, all the winners that we fly from Vegas, we, when I played in the NBA, we supply them to every city I played in, uh, bring them to half court, let them get recognized, meet the players, meet the coaches, come to the locker room, stuff like that. And now that I'm retired, uh, since I don't play anymore, we fly them to D.C. Uh, they, they get a free flight to D.C. And then we uh, tour the Black History Museum there. And our assembly here in, assemblyman here in Nevada also has an office there. So we take him to his office, let him walk around the, the White House and stuff like that. So this is very impactful. We just try to, you know, like, like I said, just give them access to be able to see success. And uh, once they can envision and they can see someone else doing it and see like rep rep representation, then they, they know themselves that they can be that and more in the future. Yeah. Yeah. It's about what's possible. Um, mm -hmm. I wish I wish we would have uh, connected like what a month of earlier because i literally was just in vegas um with right. david Meltzer uh for that okay. thing and i was like dude we could have linked up <laughs> yeah i mean it's, it's always next time but everybody comes yeah. back to vegas <laughs> yeah yeah there's always, always a good excuse to go back to vegas right, man right, uh, yeah, yeah great crazy city crazy city yeah, um yeah, for sure no i love i love what you're doing um in the space and and representation definitely does matter like when you see somebody that looks like you you know what's possible um, and yep. that's, that's what's so, um, so important, man. Um, just, just setting that pace and showing people what, what you can do. Let me, let me kind of take a couple steps back. Cause I know that we kind of talked a little bit about what you got going on now. We have, we'll get into the angel investing. Um, but talk to me a little bit about how 
the transition it was from you know being an athlete to to now the things that you're doing now i, I know for a lot of people it's not instant you know right yeah <clears throat> yeah it's kind of hard like i said every athlete is different i think for me it was uh um my mom always taught me to to do things um when I was younger, she'd always send me to internships. Even when I played in the NBA, every summer I would come back home. I would go to Google. I would go to Facebook. I would go to EA Sports. I would go to real estate uh, uh, internships and just see things that I that I had an interest in and see if I wanted to do those. You know, prior to uh, ending my career, and I, I never knew when my career could end. It could end in year three. It could end in year five. But obviously, it ended in year ten. So uh, it definitely took. It was a lot longer than I really expected, and anyone probably thought I would have been in the NBA. So I was definitely prepared each and every year, every summer. Like I said, I was doing internships to to be prepared of what I wanted to do next. And and still to this day, I really don't know. But I said, like I said, I, I just took a different route. Uh, I went into the angel investing thing. I, I started being an author, um, being an entrepreneur. So I kind of just dip and dabble in every little thing that interests me. And uh, I think that's kind of helped me uh, progress into my life after basketball. Yeah, so so you actually were intentional about getting yourself into things before the actual departure. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. That was a big that was a big thing for me. Like I said, I just wanted to do things. I knew I was interested in real estate. I knew I yeah. liked video games, so I went to EA Sports. Uh, I loved Google and Facebook, and those things kind of interest me. And uh, not just even going to Google and Facebook, I learned a lot of things just going there. The way they do meetings at Google is is totally different than the normal office space. They have meetings on bikes, and they ride bikes outside on campus. That's the that's the meeting. So like, like I said, it's, it's way it's more than more so different than you know, any normal office. So they do a lot of a lot of leadership things that are different and I actually liked and I picked up on. So like I said, it's just it wasn't just about just going to Google, it's just like learning how to how to run a team, how to run a business and all that kind of stuff. So it was definitely interesting to me on, on that point. Yeah, that's still riding bikes on meetings. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Right, yeah, you get out there exercising, man. You get the you get the sun hitting you, you know, get that good vitamin D. Uh, yeah, be out, be outside, you know. Like I said, it still it just it just brings out a whole new creativity in you. Yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, that's super dope, man. Um, so I I was telling uh, I told my brothers that uh, I was gonna be on a podcast with you, and yeah. uh, <laughs> I told them I said, you know, I said, you know, you know, CJ Watson is man. It's like yeah 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 and I, I started to kind of go through I'm like yeah you play for this team play for this team and then uh i was like dude the dude was a guaranteed bucket for me in 2k man guaranteed bucket <laughs> yeah, man that's I, what everybody says man I, I don't know i never played 2k a lot I, I like my favorite sport is football so i always played football i thought football was more realistic than the basketball games or when i played them so i never yeah. really played basketball that much <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> i was like man good kick out you know you were d rose kick out right yeah yeah Guaranteed so bucket, was, man. I, was a, I was definitely good at three-point shooting <laughs> <laughs> they had you right on that one they had you right, right. <laughs> um no that's dope so tell tell us uh you know as far as for our audience uh we have a lot of entrepreneurs we got a lot of people in business um Tell us a little bit about the angel investing and, and kind of what you, you know, one of your biggest learning lessons through um, being involved with businesses and also investing. Uh, just learning the creativity of founders. Um, like I said, uh, angel investing wasn't really something I really knew much about before. Uh, quick story how I got involved into it. I had a, a contract with a, with a brand to do some ambassador stuff for them. And uh, they gave me equity instead of cash. And uh, at the time, you know, that, that really wasn't, you know, uh, a thought after you always wanted the money instead of equity and so i took the equity i didn't know anything about the company uh and uh fast forward like a year later i just uh took my equity and cashed out because uh, i saw the company wasn't growing as fast as they as they said it would and i actually got you know 
pretty good, nice little chunk of change, but probably more than I got would get a cash. And that was my first like, you know, initial um kind of angel investing VC kind of start. And then just from there, I've just been networking, meeting more founders, uh, meeting people who are big in the angel investing VC world. And they've told me to read books and all that kind of stuff. So I read books and just like I said, just trying to learn as much as I can. I don't know it all. I'm not saying I know it all, but I'm definitely willing to learn and, and try to, you know, find my way through the through this through this new industry that I'm trying to learn about. Yeah, for sure, man. I actually got a couple connects now that now kind of knowing about your your space and stuff. I probably yeah. got a couple people I want to introduce you to um, okay. in, in, that are in that space. And um, yeah, they're they're doing it, man. So, yeah, um, no, that's dope, man. I love how you're taking the approach of like, hey, let me just try a couple of these areas. Let me learn. Let me, you know, digest that. So that way. Right you can kind of figure out what it's funny that you say you don't even still don't know what you want to do. Uh, right. I, think I think you're doing it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just, I'm just out here just freelancing, man. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just having fun doing it. Like I said, learning and I, I want to learn. I want to learn about things that I'm interest, interested in. If I'm not interested, then I, I really don't want to learn. So I know that's not for me, but these things that I, I am now, I want to learn about it and I want to continue to learn. Yeah, for sure, man. What's uh what's a, what's a story that you can give us, um, that maybe a lot of people won't know about, about your kind of your time in the NBA, um, you know, that people might not, you know, understand, or maybe it's not a hundred percent true. Um, I always like to hear those stories because um, the outside facade is always one thing and that's what everybody, you know, takes in, but there's always some behind the scenes story to things. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing is just the, the amount of money NBA players make. I think uh, obviously they do make a lot of money, um, in a short period of time, but uh, also you just all the taxes that you get hit with, you know, uh, federal, stat, federal, federal, state tax. And every time people don't know this, but every time you play in a city or go to like L.A. or New York, you got to pay taxes in that state also. So, you know, it's yeah. like a, it's like a work tax. So people don't really understand that. But I think uh, just the business part of the basketball is what people don't really understand and kind of take for granted. Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, because people just see the especially you know, the upper echelon of yeah, yeah. players and they're just looking at those deals and that's all right. they got in their mind. But right. <laughs> they know that's, that's only like 5% of the right. Right. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> else is, players. Is, is like living and not saying that they're in paycheck to paycheck, but they're living and trying to budget their lives, you know, trying to make it to, you know, 40 or 50 and 60, 70 years old. And those guys, they'll probably be fine, you know, throughout because they make so much money, but it's only a small amount of those people who make 40 and $50 million a year. Exactly, man. So what would you what would you um say to so I had I had actually um a kid that he's probably about 16, 17, and I had spoke at a high school and um he looked at me and he said, I said, Well, what are you interested in, man? He's like, football. And I said, All right, cool. And I said, Do you do you have any other kind of uh you know uh interests or ideas about things that you want to do? He's like, nah, man, football's it. It's, right. it's, it's 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 my number one plan. I said, you have right. a plan B at all? Like just any other thing that you're at least interested in. And he's like, nah, if you have a plan B, then you're already failing on plan A or something like that. He was so confident. Right. And I said, dude, yeah, I yeah. talk to athletes. I talk to people, man. You got to like, yes, the dream, but like one injury, you're done. Right. Like the, yeah, it yeah. could really affect everything. But what would you say to that to that kid that they are only focused on sports and then that's it? I mean, I, I, the kid you're talking about, I love his confidence. I mean, I feel like I was me and probably a whole bunch of athletes are just like that. You know, we just know basketball, basketball, basketball. And for like, you know, 20 years, that was all my life. But I would say uh, to any kid out there that, you know, um, definitely have that plan A, but you definitely got to have a plan B. I think just because you work or trying to get to the league, NFL or NBA, whatever the case may be, 
Uh, you can always, you know, work as a general manager, as a trainer. So go to school and and get those degrees and and try to figure out because what if, like you said, what if you get injured and you can't you can't play anymore, but you still can uh, have that love for the game, football or basketball, and still affect the game in some some way in a positive manner. Like I said, being a general manager, or president, you know, or a trainer or a coach, whatever the case may be, you still can affect kids' lives and you know be an inspiration for the other kids that is coming up for the next generation. Yeah, no, that's great, great, great feedback. Uh, because and little do they know, I, I also learned that the NFL, if you actually get injured and then you get released from the team, they actually won't cover your hospital bills prior, right. like after you're released. And right. so people don't think about that. And also, you got to, you know, foot that, you know, foot that bill. And who knows <laughs> how long, depending on the injury, how long it's going to go for. Uh, right. It's always good to have, like, I love the dream. I love the hustle. love the ambition. Yeah, yeah. Got to have other, you know, don't put everything into one basket, man. It's just not, yeah. uh, it don't make business sense, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like when my first financial uh, advisor used to tell me, don't put all your eggs in one basket. You got to diversify. And, you know, it's the same thing. You don't want to put all your, you know, dreams on one goal or get into the NBA. You got to, you know, get your education because what if, you know, you don't have that? Then yeah. you're, you're pretty much screwed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, man, hundred percent. Um, what, what can you describe? Just kind of a moment, um, maybe a very like intense moment within um, you playing. Um, just what is it like when you got that pressure? You know, um, I, so I used to coach basketball AAU league. Um, you know, so I, I always love basketball. I love the things about it. Um, what describe to us like what that pressure is really like when you got everything on the line you gotta you know push through the crowd is roaring you got you know final seconds um what what is that what's running through a real like a player's mind i don't you know like dude like it's yeah. it's, it's kind of um, crazy yeah I, I think i mean at the end of the day i think pressure is fun man it makes you or breaks you like the old saying goes but uh I think uh, it's going to, like I said, it's going to make you or break you, but it's also going to help you be resilient because at the end of the day, you still can go back, you know, and do better the next game. You can have all these life lessons and learn from it I mean, still execute the next game. But uh, I think the real pressure um, is, you know, is waking up uh, people who have nine to fives or, you know, are trying to make ends meet or on the rent or feed their kids, a, you know, a single parent. I think that's the real pressure. Uh, but I feel like, you know, playing sports is it's just fun, but it, it, there's no pressure, I don't feel like, because... Like I said, you can either win or lose, and at the end of the day, you still, you know, you're still good. Yeah. <laughs> the, the real pressure is like you know, having a nine to five, feeding your kids, you know, trying to make ends meet. I think that's the real pressure in life. Yeah, and and I love that you gave that metaphor because, um, and that's I that's the reason why I asked you because also what you're doing today, um, is kind of like you you took, you know, the learnings that you've had for the past ten years, and then also you were you were also discovering yourself. Um, through those things, but you took all that and now you're just applying it in a different way, um, which right. I think is absolutely incredible um, to do that. And from from being an author, like an author, what what was that experience like writing your first book? Like, how was that? I know for me, it was it was uh, I did it in six months. A lot of people are like Dude, yeah. six months, like this is crazy. Right. But um, it was definitely a grueling process. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I did mine in six months too. The first book. And after that, like the second and third one came pretty easy. But uh, authoring was nothing that I really set out to do. It's just I was like I, said, I, was, I tell this people tell the story all the time to people. I was sitting on the couch, I was done playing, and I said, "How can I continue to tell my story and you know and motivate kids out there?" And uh, one of my coaches was an author, uh, so I called him and asked him, you know, what direction I should go into. And then 
me and this lady uh he introduced me to um we started talking for a couple months and telling her all my ideas and stuff like that and that's how the first book came about like i said and uh, after that it was pretty easy to do the second one and the third one and the, the fourth one took a little bit more time because it was more uh indirect so uh but i think saying like i said it's not it wasn't just something i wanted to do you know right after basketball it just it just was an idea i had i said let's try it <laughs> yeah yeah for sure no that's uh and the fact that you did it that's that's the yeah. biggest thing like a lot of people talk about writing books but they don't ever get around to doing it <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's definitely man it's time consuming uh for me i'm a person that like when i start something i want to finish it so once i started i definitely had you know thoughts about you know quitting and you know and, and giving up and or just pushing it off and just you know waiting for a different time but like i said i want to once i start things i want to finish it yeah for sure man what uh i know i know a lot of people will uh once this episode gets released um i know a lot of people are going to be like man how do i get in uh cj's inbox and you know it's, it's good uh so one question i got for you is what do you look for in investing like i mean if people are coming to you, they got to come correct. So like, you know, what, what are you looking for as an investor? Uh, I'm looking for a market that, you know, can double or triple my money, uh, obviously. But uh, just looking for people who uh, put the same amount of money in that I'm, they're asking me to put in. Um, people who probably have done it before in, the, in that particular market. Uh, so maybe had to exit or whatever. Uh, and then also just people who are just diligent and hardworking. I think that's the biggest thing about founders. Uh, are you diligent? Are you resilient to be, you know, when tough times hit, like maybe this economy or whatever? to really still push and grow your company and scale your company. And uh, I think that's, for me, those are the like the top main things. Okay. Okay. D is there a certain length that they got to be in business or, um, you know, is there, is there any kind of red flags that you that you see like, hey, okay, I don't really want to uh, dabble in that. Uh, mostly I invest in late stage companies because I, you know, you can hopefully get your money back in uh, maybe two to three, maybe four years. Uh, and then earlier, earlier stage startups are like maybe seven to 10 years plus. But like I said, I, I like late stage because uh, I made the bulk of my money early. So I'm trying to make this money last and stretch. <laughs> so I, right. I can't put everything, you know, into early stage and wait seven to 10 years. Uh, you know, I still got kids. I still got to feed them and stuff like that. So uh, my, my, like I said, my, uh, my thesis is definitely late stage mostly. Yeah. And are, are you into, um, uh, I know for myself, I haven't got into it yet, but are you into stocks and, and kind of, uh, and those investments? Uh, I'm into stocks a little bit, but not as much. Uh, like I said, I, I read decks every day and, uh, talk to founders, uh, here and there. Um, definitely friends of, of founders that I've, uh, you know, uh, made friendships with over, over the time, meeting them and networking and stuff like that. Uh, so definitely, uh, you know, always up to meeting new people and uh, seeing where, you know, where the conversation goes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So you're open at least to, to some connections and, and having those conversations. Oh, yeah, for sure. Always. Yeah, I'm definitely never turning on a conversation because I might know someone that might be into early stage or might be into that market and, and can introduce them. So it's always I'm always down to help people, even if I don't invest or, or can help them out. I'm always down just to help them out or make that introduction. Yeah, I mean, I always tell people you got to add value. So wherever yeah, you're yeah. doing, add some value uh, to what they're doing. And then yeah. even if it's not a good fit, you add value by, you know, hooking them up with somebody else or making an yep. introduction. They think about you later on. They could reach mm -hmm. back out. Hey, I got somebody else. I know you said you were into the, the late stage game. You know, right. there's an opportunity all of a sudden that that pays off. So you never know where a relationship is going to go, yeah. um, especially for timing. Yeah, for sure. Never burn those bridges. <laughs> yeah, never, never. So um, one of the last questions I want to ask you, man, um, What's next for you? Like what like I know you're doing you're juggling a lot of stuff, but like what does the next kind of chapter look like for you? Um, and what are those goals? 
Um, I think just growing uh, the foundation, trying to make it bigger, getting the getting the brand, getting the the message out there. Um, um, growing uh, the books, getting the getting those out there. Um, also, maybe making some more investments, uh, maybe getting some unicorns, some exits, uh, yeah. and also just just being a great father. I think being a great father and trying to build my kids up and teach them generational wealth and, and build generational wealth for them. Yeah, no, that's that's special, man. That's special. Anybody uh, that you um, think that could really benefit um, from this podcast, do you feel like do you have anybody in mind that that could benefit from kind of uh, hearing this message today? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely gonna send it to some people when I, whenever it's uh, you know done and oh yeah, uh, recorded or whatever. Yeah, just send it to me, and I'll definitely send it to people. And uh, if you need any connections or want anybody on the show that you uh, that I may know, I'm definitely you know reach out to them and, and tell them to, to get on your podcast and you know drop some knowledge. That's what it's all. Oh about. yeah, for sure, hurt. man. For sure. No, it sounds good. All right, where can people find you at and uh, your socials? Uh, you can find my socials on Twitter, and Instagram, uh, QuietStorm underscore thirty two. Uh, you can get my books on Amazon or on cjpins.com. And get his book, people. If you're listening right now, if you're watching, get his book. Um, it's it's going to be a great, great read. Um, and you can just see and hear about the passion uh, that CJ has for community, for affecting people's lives, and especially the youth, um, and being that good role model uh, for people. And he wants to continue that, you know, within his goal. So thank you so much for the conversation, man. I really appreciate your time. And, um, yeah, we're definitely going to keep it moving, man. Um, I feel like there's a lot of lot of opportunity out there. Um, so we could definitely keep exploring. Yeah. All right, yeah, cool. Sure, Everybody thank that's, Thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, no, not a problem, man. Not a problem. For anybody that's listening, don't forget to subscribe. Uh, we're streaming on all platforms. Also, make sure to subscribe on uh, YouTube as well. And, um, you know, definitely take take these takeaways that you've heard today and uh, and apply them like create action, really start moving on this stuff. Um, all you got to do is take one step forward uh, and you never know uh, what that change will be. So uh, had an awesome time. Thank you for listening and thank you for watching. And until the next time, peace. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe. And don't forget to hit that notification bell for more amazing content that we're going to be putting out. And don't forget, you can change your circle to change your life.